Advancing innovative research, academic excellence, and family-centered care to transform outcomes for children around the world. Children's Mercy Kansas City presents the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Today our topic is Cancer Genomics, researching new treatment strategies to cure infant acute lymphoblastic leukemia. My guest is Dr. Erin Guest. She is Assistant Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Guest also serves as Director of the Children's Mercy uh, Cancer Genomics Program, and she is the Director of the Children's Mercy Cancer Center Biorepository. Dr. Guest, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having for having me today. So you know we've heard a lot that the the cure rate of childhood leukemia has improved significantly over the years. But how is leukemia in infants different? So um, leukemia in infants is extremely rare, and um, our research is focused on infants who have acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL, and there's really only less than 100 cases in infants who are diagnosed um, under one year of age in the U.S. each year. And that compares to thousands of of older children who are diagnosed with leukemia each year in the U.S. Um, And then leukemia in infants tends to be extremely aggressive. When it onsets, there is often a very high white blood cell count. It's not uncommon to see white blood cell count of over a million per microliter in the blood. Infants tend to have more CNS disease and more skin disease as well. And they often come in very, very sick at the time of diagnosis. So they have a really aggressive type of leukemia. Um, and then they, they tend to respond pretty well in the first month of treatment. We can often get them into a remission. But then the, re- the rate of relapse is extremely high. So about one in three babies will be cured, but two in three babies will actually have a relapse. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, th- at the time of relapse, the, the disease becomes very, very resistant. So unlike older children wh- who we can usually get them back into remission and then still have a chance of cure with a transplant, if a baby has a relapse, we often, it, any chemotherapy or treatments that we try to do will not work, and then we just have, a, you know, such a worse cure rate right. for this group. So the so genetic disease uh, are a little bit different, too, um, yeah. and... Um, so we know that the genetics are different, and we know how it behaves, but we don't really understand why it's so resistant. Well, yeah, and so that so that brings up my next question. Then, so you know, so tell us a little bit about the research that you and your colleagues are doing in the Center for Pediatric Genomic Medicine, and how that ties in to the um, infant leukemia. Sure. So we're really interested in figuring out why infant leukemia become so aggressive and why it's so resistant to treatment. Um, and we're very blessed to have samples from infants who were treated on a national clinical trial. So these are babies, there were actually 44 babies who have, um, they and their parents have donated samples of their blood and their bone marrow. And these are samples that were taken at the time of their routine care for their leukemia. And then they were donated and stored in a tissue bank. And we're able to now take those samples and do research with those to try and figure out um, several different questions. So one of the questions we want to know is why did the babies get leukemia in the first place? Because that's really an unanswered question. And another question would be why do two out of three relapse, but then one out of three babies will be cured? So what's the difference at the time of diagnosis uh, between the genetics and those 
from those babies' leukemia cells that will maybe we can predict which babies are going to have relapse, and, and then that can help us determine which babies might need more aggressive treatment. And then also the other question then becomes why, after the time it relapses, why is it so difficult to treat? What about the leukemia cells? What about the genetics becomes so resistant, and how does it figure out how to get around our chemotherapy treatments so that we can no longer treat it? I guess one of the most exciting things about genomic medicine, and, and, and you're the expert, so correct me if I'm wrong here, is that is being able to look at an individual person and say, not only genetically speaking are you at more risk, but we now know that you might have a worse prognosis or you might be somebody who is going to be resistant to treatment. And that really can have an impact in how we approach the disease for that individual and, and, and the treatment, correct? So this, so the real focus here is translating this into clinical practice um, and, you know, into better treatment. So where are we at in that process, I guess, of taking all of the research that you're doing and translating that into, uh, uh, you know, uh, clinical practice? Sure, that's, that's a great question. So right now, the current standard of care is that babies are all treated with the same chemotherapy program. And these are chemotherapy drugs that have been used to treat infants and children with different types of cancer for years. Um, and so at the moment, each baby is not really being treated in an individualized way, but that's where we want to go. So that's the, the real goal of this research is to identify certain elements of the genomics that could be targeted by newer treatments. So we want to be able to match a drug to a child and to know that that drug is going to benefit that child. And if we can cut back on chemotherapy, that would be great. Uh, there have been some trials in the past that have tried to intensify the therapy, the chemotherapy for babies with ALL, but um, they've really just resulted in a lot more toxicity and have not improved the cure rates. So we know more chemotherapy is not the answer. So we really, we really do need to find those targets in the genomics. Um, one of the things that's really interesting and kind of unique about infant ALL is that the DNA tends to take on um, extra methylation, which is which turns off genes. So we think that one of the mechanisms of ALL development in infants is that the genes that are normally supposed to be cancer suppressors get turned off, and then the leukemia is then allowed to develop and become resistant. And so one of the strategies is to actually give demethylating agents then to try and reverse that signal and then make hopefully make the, the um, right. leukemia cells then more sensitive to the chemo. That's really interesting, isn't it? It, it, it? So, And I'm seeing more of that in the research as well, looking at hypermethylation, hypomethylation, um, and, and, and using those as targets for treatment. Do you see that as something that's going to continue to grow? And, and obviously there's still a lot to learn about it, but um, it seems like supporting a balanced methylation in infants and pediatrics, even in adults, is extremely important. And I think we're learning that from genetic research like yours, right? Right. Um, we, we know that the not only just promoters in, of the genes, but the entire genome in infant ALL cells is hypermethylated. And so there's actually a children's oncology group trial that we're putting together, and it's going to test that strategy exactly. So there's a medication called azacitidine that has been used since the 1970s to treat leukemia and pre-leukemia type uh, myelodysplastic syndrome. And it's actually FDA approved in adults for myelodysplastic syndrome. It's been used to treat children with leukemia, and we're going to use it to, to 
make an attempt to demethylate the cells right before chemotherapy and then in the hopes that 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 will sensitize those infant ALL cells to chemotherapy. So ultimately, hopefully reducing the rates of relapse and uh, and, and leading to better cure rates well, for these babies. What about some of the natural um, demethylators? You know, for instance, folate. Folic acid is known to inhibit the the SAMI cycle, the which is one of the primary ways we methylate uh, DNA, proteins, et cetera. Are you looking at some of that as well, or is it looking just at the pharmaceuticals? Um, I'm not aware of any research with folate going on in infant leukemia cells, um, but we do use a folate inhibitor um, when we use methotrexate to treat leukemia, and, and that uh, goes across the board for all different types of ALL, um, and then that's a very effective treatment. We do use that in infants as well. Tell me a little bit more about the children's oncology group. So this is a this is a large ongoing trial, right? That Children's Mercy is a part of. Yes, um, the children's oncology group is an international group of of all the major pediatric hospitals, and um, it's it's really based in the U.S. and it runs clinical trials for children with all different types of cancer. So clinical trials are extremely important because that's where we can learn, we can test new treatments, but we can also learn what works and, and we can learn what the side effects are of different treatments. And so this is this trial that's going to be coming up for babies, for infants with ALL, will enroll up to 100 babies. And that's, that's pretty remarkable because when there's less than 100 diagnosed in the U.S. per year, this is actually a pretty large trial right, for yeah. this disease. So it's going to take a couple years to get enough babies enrolled. Uh, but the, the first step here is going to actually be testing the safety of the combination because we know that infants have a lot of toxicities. They, they experience a lot of side effects already with just the chemotherapy alone. So we're, we're going to be adding in a medication that's been used in infants before, but we just want to first make sure that the, safe, that the combination is safe. So that's the real goal of this pilot trial of about 100 babies. And then, but to be able to actually answer the question eventually, is this effective and does it improve cure rates? We're going to need more infants than that. It takes a much larger trial. So that's really exciting because there's going to be an international infant ALL trial that we're also participating in, and, and I've been helping oh, with okay. uh, making the plans for that trial. So the idea would be if this pilot trial shows the safety of the combination of the demethylating agent with chemo, then we'll be taking that on an international level. And we have colleagues in Europe and Japan that are very excited. They're they're also testing this uh, in pilot form, and then we're all going to be testing it together in babies around the world. Wow, that's awesome. So I guess, you know, the exciting part of this is understanding some of the pathophysiology going on, the hypermethylation, demethylation makes perfect sense. Of course, it, it, we can write that up in biochemistry easy. That always doesn't translate <laughs> well into to human physiology. So this is right. exciting research. And um, I let me, I know this is a tough question, Dr. Guest, but this is, um, you know, what an exciting field of medicine you're, you're in with genomic um, research. So when you look at it, and even not even not even just in infant leukemia, it's just uh, in cancer in general. Wh- where do you see us going with genomic medicine? I mean, where w- if you had a couple of lines to to leave us with, what would you say about the future of genomic research, genomic medicine, and treating cancers? I would say that it's a critical piece to learning how to treat 
the cancer. We really need to understand the biology of what's driving a cancer in the first place. Um, but I think it's, it, while it has started off as sequencing DNA, it's going to be so much more than that. So probably um, maybe even more important than the actual sequence changes of the DNA itself will be the expression changes of the DNA. So what is expressed uh, in the RNA that then leaves the nucleus and goes right. to make protein. So demethyl- or methylation of DNA shuts off genes, shuts off expression, and reversing that can turn genes on and can turn back on expression. But there's lots of other epigenetic factors that lead to expression changes too. So while we may know that there's a mutation in the DNA, what, we, what I think we really want to know is what gene is expressed and how is that change, how is the RNA change, how is the protein downstream changed, because that's really ultimately the, the manufacturing pipeline that's actually right. driving that cancer. Yeah, this exciting, isn't it? <laughs> a lot yeah, of so, a lot of research oper- I mean, you could look at it from the gene level to the RNA level to the protein level mm-hmm. and obviously so, it's much more complicated than we can even imagine, you know. Right. And with our with what the sequencing we're doing in of infant leukemia cells, we're we're taking a comprehensive approach. So we are sequencing the entire genome, but we're also going deeper and sequencing just the gene just the exons of the expressed genes. Um, we're doing whole exome sequencing. We're looking at the methylation changes of the DNA, and then we're also looking at the RNA expression. So I think that comprehensive approach is what's going to be needed ultimately for all different types of cancers to really get a good understanding of the biology that's, that's driving that cancer to grow. Well, that's just, it's fascinating work, Dr. Guest, and I want to thank you, um, for, you know, for what you're doing in genomic medicine at Children's Mercy, and I also want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.